Everybody, this is Dr. Ryan Berlin on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Align Your Health. This is the show about maximizing your health with real health solutions minus the drugs and surgery. And uh, today we have just a really awesome topic. Ashley and I both have um, three kids. We like being healthy ourselves, so this topic to us just is something that we're constantly just constantly thinking and talking about, and uh, that is how do we be as healthy as possible, and when do we know when we're actually sick? And that that may sound weird, but talk about that a little bit, Ash. Yeah, of course. So um, it's it's all about the immune system, and this comes into play especially in the wintertime when, you know, cold and flu season, but even in the summertime, um, when you least expect it, it, literally the worst thing that can happen, right, is you're in the summertime and you get sick. I mean, that's you have zero expectation usually. Summer colds, especially for summer men. Colds. Man colds in the summer. <laughs> man They're colds. They're the absolute worst. They're, they're scientifically proven to be worse than woman colds. <laughs> Man colds are absolutely the worst. And it's the worst when it's it's beautiful. I mean, it is beautiful outside. It's great. It's great to be alive in the summertime. Summer is my absolute favorite season. And so if you get sick in the summertime, it is absolutely the worst. So what is your immune system? And your immune system is your body's defense against infectious organisms and other invaders. And it's through a series of steps called the immune response that the immune system will attack organisms and substances that invade your body's system and cause disease. So, um, so a, basically, it's like your body's army. Yep. it's Your, your immune system is your body's army. And, and so you have, you have multiple organs in different places that are all kind of like forts or fortresses for the army. And you have different troops in different places and different... Different troops doing different jobs and different uh, mechanisms of attack. And um, some of them are responsible for knowing who's coming, and some of them are responsible. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because some of them are <laughs> responsible for knowing, you know, some of them are your snipers, some of them are your Navy SEALs, some of them, you're still laughing. Some of them are. Some of them are, you know, they're your they're your your grunts, the ones you have to set out and sacrifice on, on behalf of others. I'm really I'm, I I love your commitment to the army analogy it's when it truth. comes to your immune system. I love the it's commitment. You're you're going deep down the rabbit hole with the army analogy, but you're right. It, it it's true. That's exactly what the immune system. I mean, if you're going to look at it visually, that's exactly what it looks like. It looks like an army. So, yeah. how do you strengthen the army? How do you fortify that army? Yeah. And and um like like if if you know how how do you how do you support that? What does yeah. that look like? Who's the general? Who's the general? And what should your? Here's the biggest thing, and I, I think this is something that you know. I think a lot of people want to get tactical. Yeah. I'm I'm continuing with the army analogy. Yeah. A lot of people want to get tactical yeah. when it comes to what are the steps, um, you know, to fortify the immune system. But I, hey, I think let's take a step back. I think sometimes um, the Ooh. better thing is even where's your mindset? Yeah. What's your plan of attack yeah. when it comes to what's your strategy yeah. behind your immune yeah. system? So it's hard to have boots on the ground, <laughs> right? It's hard to have boots on the ground when you haven't spent any time in in the war room, right? Like 
you have no strategy. So you're going to put a bunch of people out there, a bunch of boots on the ground, and you have no strategy as to what actually is going to happen. Another point I think is sometimes you just have to trust that everyone's trained. They know what they're doing and let them do their thing. If your immune system is like that, sometimes you just have to trust it and let it do its thing and know that it's already been trained and prepared or whatever, given that it has been. And sometimes the big thing is just like stepping back and getting out of the way and letting 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 the 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 soldiers do their job, so to speak, right? That's what training's for. That's why like if you look at the military basic training and they go through all these different trainings and then nobody's micromanaging um uh what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, military personnel out on the battlefield. Right. They're getting orders, whatever, but they're not being micromanaged. That micromanagement's what happens in boot camp and basic training and those type of things. So right. the same thing's true in our immune systems that day by day by day, our immune systems are being primed and trained. And that's why our kids, we'll get into this a little more, but that's why they pick up stuff, put it in their mouth. That's why your kid, for whatever reason, God knows why, licks the bottom of their shoe <laughs> or does dumb stuff is because they're, they're actually, their bodies are in a process of being trained to develop immunity over time. So it's interesting. You said, what is your immune system? So before we break that down, one of the things I also want to, another analogy is your immune system works very much like any other system in your body. So for instance, your skeletal system, in order for it to be strong, you have to challenge it with weight bearing exercise, with walking, with jumping. You have to put stress on the bones, or else they become brittle. For instance, when astronauts go into outer space, their bones get weak because of no gravity, right? And so their bones get brittle because there's no challenge to the bones. Muscles, you go into a gym, if somebody else lifts the weights for you, you don't get bigger. So like- I wish it didn't work like that, but it does. I would have the big, my brothers are really good at lifting weights. So if I could do it by association, I would have really big muscles too. But- um. But we understand that you have to put the stress on a system in order for it to be challenged enough to actually have to adapt and grow. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, other cardiovascular system, runners, right? Like the first time somebody goes out and runs, they don't run a marathon. They go out and run a half mile and feel like they're going to die. Absolutely. In the in the fitness industry, I mean, I owned a gym for eight years. And in the fitness industry, we talk a lot about how you have to, in order to um, accelerate your fitness, if you want to get stronger, better, faster, whatever that is, you have to work on the perimeters of, of what your current ability is. And that's how you stretch. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to our immune system, the only way to develop a strong immune system that one day is going to be capable of fighting autoimmune diseases, cancer, you know, serious infectious disorders, you know, the, the type of immune system where you don't go in to the hospital with a broken hip when you're 60 and end up dying of MRSA two weeks later, the type of immune system that you, you know, your kids, you're just not afraid of them catching every little thing. You're, you're like, okay, we'll have a fever for a couple of days. We'll miss some school. They'll eat well, and we're going to be back, you know, and we're not running to the doctor for antibiotics every time. But in order to develop an immune system like that, here's what it takes. It takes stressing the system. It takes allowing yourself to be exposed to things and be challenged in order to adapt and grow to smaller things so that in the future, you're capable of handling bigger things. I'll tell you where it doesn't come from. And this isn't going to be a vaccine talk, but I'll tell you where it doesn't come from. It doesn't come from magically 
forcing all this stuff into your body and expecting your body to know what the heck to do with it by bypassing eyes, ears, nose, or throat and putting it directly into your bloodstream. Like, that's not how it happens. Like, the same people who are afraid of their kid putting a quarter in their mouth because there's germs, and the moms, like, if you're the mom right now walking around with wipes to clean your kid's hands and... um antibacterial antibacterial crap with all the alcohols in it and stuff and you're trying to kill every germ on the face of the planet but then on the other hand we're willing to inject 60 vaccines by age you know 10 or 12 in into our kids and all those chemicals so like avoid all germs but inject them all intravenously there's an imbalance here and we're not here to tell you something's right or wrong per se we're, we're here to, to start challenging the conversation and help guide you towards how to build a strong immune system the way it was designed. I think the beautiful thing about this age that we live in right now is that I think we all collectively want to be able to have more conversations about the things that scare us or the things that are in front of us or the things that challenge us. And so I think it's really beautiful to just be able to have a conversation and talk about it. And Absolutely. so I, I think like going into, listen, like we'll, we'll, we can get into the nitty gritty of it, but really like it's the overarching mindset of, of, you know, like how we view the immune system. And so, you know, we talk about real health solutions without drugs and surgery. Right. Yeah. And so um, we talk about natural ways to deal with our health problems. And notice we didn't say the word treat because we don't want to just treat our symptoms. We don't want to just treat our health problems because that means that we're just living with them. Yeah. And that, and that's the same thing when we well, look at immunity. it's almost like giving up and just figuring out how to make, make your way through life dealing with them yep. versus strengthening our bodies so that those things don't even have room or a place to be. Uh, no room or a place to be, exactly. And, and and we're not just, we're not treating, we don't want to look at our immune system as something that we need to treat. We, it's not like, oh, I started getting a cough and so I, now I need cough syrup. Yeah. Or, not, or It's not the aftermath of what's happening in your immune system. Yeah. It's how do we build, and what you were describing this immune system as, it completely opened up my mind. You in, mean the army thing you were talking new- about? <laughs> No, no, not, not at all. When you were talking about how the immune system needs to be worked, that it's a muscle. And I know I, I relate a lot of things back to fitness because that's such my background. But when I started realizing that the immune system is like a muscle that needs to be flexed and worked and and, and you need to come in contact with things and fight them off so that you can strengthen that immune system, yeah. then yeah. I, I, was, I no longer looked at my immune system and colds and sicknesses and illnesses as something that needed to be treated. I looked at it as as the system of my body that I needed to support support and grow and build and and now I view it so differently yeah. and it's a really wonderful thing. It's very empowering. Well, to use that example, think about this, you go in the gym, you actually tear down the muscle in the gym. Sure. Right? You actually challenge it. And then the next step after that is giving it proper and adequate rest so it can recover, but also giving it the right things nutritionally so that I can grow and become stronger from the challenge, right? So if your immune system looks the same way, the way you challenge it is actually by introducing germs into the system. We say germs, what we really mean is bacteria and viruses. And it's important to understand that you actually have more bacteria. You, You have about five times more bacteria in your body than you have cells. And you have about 10 to 20 times more viruses in your body than you have bacteria. So it's like you're actually most, you and I and everyone else is mostly bacteria and viruses, not cells. That's really 
weird if you think about it. We have more bacteria and viruses in our body than we actually have functioning cells in our body. So when we understand that, it's not that we should be afraid of all these, but we have to challenge it, introduce them, allow our bodies to recognize them. Then you have to have the adequate recovery and rest. And then you also have to give your body the proper things it needs to recover from the war of, you know, that, that, that bloody battle that it just went through, um, in terms of, uh, you know, that, that war that it would just waged on something. So, um, the mindset, one of the things I want to talk about is really the mindset, because one of the things that we say so frequently that I think sets us up for failure is using the, if I have a cough, a runny nose, and my nose is dripping and you got the boogery thing going on or whatever it is, people ask me how I'm feeling. How do I tell them I'm feeling? What do I tell them? I am sick. Right. And so right away, that's the mindset that we need to change. And so the biggest thing is, is it actually a healthy immune response or is it an unhealthy function? If it's unhealthy, I would argue you're sick. But if it's actually a healthy immune response, if you came in contact with something, your body's creating a river of snot to get it out of you. And if you're coughing to get rid of, you know, whatever the germs are and, and clear the passageways. And if your body's raising its temperature to kill whatever's inside that made its way into your body. And if your body's doing all the right things at, at the right time, as uncomfortable as it is, are you healthy or are you sick? You're so healthy. So the problem is when we say we're sick, that implies we need to treat, do something, do something, treat something, take some mucinex or baba, whatever that crap is. Right. But the reality is our body's already doing the thing. It's a perfect process. And the most important thing we need to do is now we've been exposed. We got to go back to those other two things. One is rest. And the other one is now support the process. Heal, heal. Right. So when we get back, we're going to break that down even more and really discuss how do we do this? Well, how do we make sure we maximize our health? You're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. Welcome back to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. I am here. I'm Ashley Berlin. I'm here with my husband, Dr. Ryan, and we are talking about the immune system today. And before we dive back in, I do want to mention we have a lot of calls and emails and things that I want to mention to you that you can find us on the web at Align Your Health or at alignhealthcenter.com, or you can call us at 513-755-3583. And that's how you can reach us in our in our clinic. That's how you can reach Dr. Ryan. That's how you can reach myself. And today we're talking about immunity. And I want to ask you, Ryan, what is the number one thing that you can be doing to build your immune system? Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, I think so often we focus on treating problems. And so often we focus on, um, doing things. Um, and I, you know, I use the, uh, example earlier of inoculation that we're concerned, but we don't actually do things that strengthen our body inherently that get them strong. So there's a couple things you do. I actually shot a Facebook live video on this today. I talked a little bit about it yesterday, tomorrow, um, in our office at doctor's report, we'll be talking about it. Um, but, but the thing is that, the number one thing that that we do in our office, the number one place we see changes, the number one um, methodology that we use, even though nutrition is important, we use things like supplements, essential oils, et cetera. 
the biggest thing to getting your immune system strong is understanding how your immune system works and getting it, um, getting the system that controls it really functioning well. So we use the army example earlier that you loved so much about all the soldiers and their different roles. And so your immune organs, I mean, you have your thymus and you, you have your spleen and you have your uh, lymph nodes and you have all these different immune organs, okay? They all have different jobs. Your bone marrow is where um, different blood cells are produced. Um, and your white blood cells are predominantly, your white blood cells are your, your major uh, warriors, so to speak, that are out there. They're, they're the ones in battle. And there's different types, uh, eosinophils, leukocytes, neutrophils, killer T cells, memory cells, etc. And like I said, just like an army, they all have jobs. And we have to recognize that our body knows exactly what it's doing. And given it comes in contact with something naturally, it knows how to react to it. But there's one system. There's one system in the entire body that controls everything. We talked about this. Remember the other week when we were going over uh, hormones and talking about our uh, neuroendocrine system that controls our hormones? Well, our immune system isn't even called our immune system anymore. It's actually referred to, if you open up a physiology book, in the last 15 years, it, it's now referred to as our neuroimmune system. Because what we know is that all of the immune cells, even the blood cells, they're actually derived from embryonically, um, they're derived from nerve tissue. That's incredible. So what that means is there's one system that's actually regulating and controlling the entire response. So I asked earlier, who's the general? In the army example, <laughs> that there's a commander and chief out there that is telling, giving the marching orders and telling them what to do and, you know, creating and, or, and coordinating the strategy. And that strategy is different for every single foreign body that you come up against. That if you're battling cancer, that response is different than if you're battling a virus, which is different than if you're battling. Um, a, bacteria. A, a bacteria, gram negative or gram positive, sure. that there's there's different responses for different things. So, you know, being being having a healthy immune response in one aspect looks very different. So sometimes people are say, well, well, yeah, he ran a fever, but this time he's run a fever of 105. Yeah, that's because it's a different enemy. Right. Right. So there's one system controlling everything. What system is it? It's your nervous system. Your nervous system. Right. And so in order to have a healthy immune response, it is critical. It's imperative. In fact, I'll go the opposite direction and say, if you, if you want to have a healthy immune response, it's impossible to have that if you don't have a healthy nervous system. And that's really critical in a chiropractic environment because chiropractors are the doctors of the nervous system. Neurologists and neurosurgeons are the doctors of a nerve system that's been damaged for so long that it's failing, kind of like your cardiologist is the doctor of a failing heart, not keeping one healthy. A, neuro- a neurosurgeon or a neurologist are the doctors of a failing nervous system that's been damaged for so long. Chiropractors, I'll even argue, usually get the nervous system healthier than those doctors do because their two tools are what, always? Drugs or surgery. Yeah, and drugs or surgery never make the nervous system healthier. They actually create more damage and more stress to it. So the biggest thing is if you want a healthy immune system, you have to be seeing a doctor that's helping you correct and remove interference to the nervous system because it is what is controlling your immune response. So what does that mean? Well, let me give you an example. Well, first of all, 
give me an example of times in our life. Cause like we have three kids. Give me an example of a time in our life where our kids had a really a good immune response. And what did we do? Oh, yes. I mean, there. <laughs> when you have three kids, we, I have a plethora of well, examples let's put it, to let's choose Let's put from. it this way. Yeah. Ha, have any of our kids actually ever have a full, full-blown ear infection? No, uh, no, never. Have our kids ever had the initial symptoms maybe of an ear infection? Oh, sure. Were they, hey, my ear hurts or they're tugging on it a little bit or, yeah. I mean. So what was happening in that situation was something was manifesting in their ear. Yeah. Yeah. Some, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was starting to go south. Usually one ear, not the other. Yep. Why one ear, not the other? Oh, you're, yeah, that's a great question. They get that's adjusted a great very, question. So right? they get adjusted yeah. very frequently, but even our kids. So we have two boys and they're crazy and um, they just do like really dumb stuff sometimes. And so one of the things that they'll do frequently is they're like jumping off the couch every time we're not looking. Right now, one of the movie in our house is The Greatest Showman. And so a couple of those scenes, my kids think they're in the circus and they're jumping off of stuff. (laughs) And the other day I watched one of them jump off the couch, miss the ottoman. And the only part of his body that hit the ottoman was his head. And the rest of his body (laughs) hit the floor. And immediately I'm like, well, there's a subluxation in his upper neck right there. Um, What's interesting is we don't see, as parents, we don't see all of those. Right. Right. Think back to when you were a kid and how much of the dumb stuff you did, your parents didn't see you doing. And there are injuries and little things that start to happen and stress that starts to accumulate in the nervous system and the spine. And so our kids, they have a subluxation now on their upper neck and it's affecting the nerves on the right side, not the left as much. And their right ear is dealing with the same germs and same bacteria as their left ear from the swimming pool. But their right ear starts to become affected because it can't communicate to have the same immune response. So one ear starts to be develop an infection, not that it's any worse of a scenario. It's just less troops knowing what to do right, in the battle scenario or, yep. or bad communication. And so they're losing the battle on that side. So one of the things we do with children, we do this with adults too. We do um, imaging with the adults where we use EMG. With children, I use a lot of thermography and we take bilateral temperatures. It's really a precise way of knowing exactly what's happening in the nervous system and where the interference is. We can find out where that interference is. We adjust the kids on that side. Next thing you know, it's not like magically two seconds later, their ear doesn't hurt. But we cleared the interference. Now the body has a chance to heal properly. And God put an amazing healing power inside of every single one of us. And I'll say this, and I've heard you say it a million times before, that the, the, the best doctor in the entire world is the one inside of you. Yeah, First John 4, 4 says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And so that means the best doctor is in you, right? That we have the best doctor in us and there's not a single doctor out there that can do what your body already knows how to do. Not one. But it needs no help. It just needs... No interference. No interference. So we adjust them. We remove the interference. Next morning they wake up. Guess what? No ear infection. They're healing. Yep. They're healing. And okay, so so um, is there a patient in your office that comes to mind when you when you think about... You know, uh, immune response, immune response, and healing, and building immune system. Is there something that you can share with us? Oh um, yeah, absolutely. I, actually, we saw this family last night. They came to our community dinner, and um, yes, I love them. So, without mentioning um, names, this young girl, and and here's the thing that they were, um, they were being, they were being treated, and they were being treated by someone who wasn't doing, as far as chiropractic, by someone who wasn't doing the necessary steps, wasn't taking the right measurements, wasn't measuring that thermography I told you about. In fact, they were being, she was being treated by someone who I think actually was a little timid to adjust her. And um, 
So they reached out to me because she was having, she was under some chiropractic care, but you know, they, she just wasn't having the same response that they hear me talk about. And um, great family. They reached out to me because their daughter was having this massive ear infection to the point where it actually ruptured and there was blood and pus coming out of her right ear. Ugh. And it was really gross. Blood and pus. And how? And, and this girl's a year. She was, yeah, less than two. Less than two. So blood and pus coming out of her ears. That's... She's got a purulent ear infection. It's festering. It's got infection in it, blood and pus coming out of her ear. And, I, and I'm like, you know, they're asking me what essential oil should we use, whatever. I'm like, this girl needs to be adjusted maybe a couple times in the next, you know, 12 hours. Get her into my office. Let's find out what's going on. So we take that temperature. And what you want to see is you want to see that temperature bilaterally in the upper neck where the brain stem is and the cranial nerves come off, you want to see that temperature equal on both sides. And you want to see it relatively dynamic, meaning it's fluctuating a little bit. Hers was static on the right, and it was seven degrees lower on the right than it was on the left. It should be within a half a degree, no more. A degree, that's pretty serious. When it gets two, three degrees, that's really serious. Hers was seven. So it was massive amounts of interference on the nerves going to her inner ear. She only has an infection in her right ear. It's the only temperature that wasn't fluctuating. Set up on that right atlas, her first vertebra, adjusted it. It moved really well. It made a big popping noise when it moved because it was so much pressure and tension on that joint. The pressure came off the nerve and she was still crying. She was still upset. She still, and I told her mom and dad, go home. She's going to be fine. And I knew that because we took the temperature again and the temperatures were not only fluctuating, they were fluctuating within the same half a degree. The temperatures were exactly equal on each side. That's incredible. And the interference was gone. Right. And so she came back the next day. No blood, no pus, feeling completely better, no fever, no, no none of that. And so it was amazing. In fact, so her, we removed the interference and her body got to work and it healed. Yeah. The, the, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to not use the example, but all the, all the, Soldiers were able to go to battle properly because there was communication um, coming from headquarters uh, all the way down and, and, t- and mobilizing the troops properly because I know you love this example. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love you. I love you. <laughs> so that, yeah, that's a classic example. And, you know, we have other ones like one of the ones I'm going to tell com- you know, coming up in a few is about an autoimmune disease. So we're not talking about just, you know, ear infections and things that that people, you know, I'll tell one more about an ear infection, actually. This is phenomenal. Let me say this. To wrap up that story, too, though, in order to be a parent, to bring a child in who has blood and pus coming out of their ears, they get adjusted in order to have the faith. Oh, the whole family now is consistently under care. They're consistently under care now. Three kids, two adults. They come in um, bare minimum every other week and get adjusted because they realize that it's more important. What's the old saying? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure absolutely but it, but 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 they had to I, and i think that's why we opened up this show today with a mindset behind your immune system is that we have to address that because in order for you to have like the the faith and the understand like the faith i mean because it really is like an act of faith almost you know that that you know that your kid i mean you you understand the science of it but to bring your child in and say you know i pus and blood coming out of the ear they get adjusted and then the next day she's healed because you know her body was functioning like it should yeah. um but they had to have the the mentality going into it where they understood yeah. like the education had to be there. So that's why we do this show and one of my one of my uh one of my prayers and one of my hopes for everyone listening is that 
that we help you develop the belief and the faith in something greater than medication or surgery. And again, we're not saying there's never a time for medication. What we're saying, though, is that your body is intelligent. And do you have more faith in a knife or a spoonful of medicine than in the power that literally animates the living world? And so let's talk more about that. We're going to yeah, we're going to talk more about that when we come back. We're also going to get to um, we I know you have one more story that you want to share with us. And then I also want to say that every week we open up five appointment types in our office for people who really need help during this show. So we do that at a discounted rate. Typically, the first initial exam and consultation, nervous system testing, ex- testing, x-rays um, if you're needed. Usually that's over, you know, 300 plus dollars. We we open these appointments up for a discounted rate. If you come tell us you're from the show, 55KRC, um, we do that for 9750. So you can reach out to us. Our phone number is 513-755-3583. Or you can find us on the web at alignhealthcenter.com. And we will be back talking about more patient stories. We'll, t- we'll see you soon. 55KRC, the talk station. This is Dr. Ryan Berlin on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Align Your Health, the show about maximizing your health through real solutions without the drugs and surgery. We are talking about mobilizing the troops in our immune system and getting our army ready for battle and uh, just really having a strong, powerful immune response and uh, not being scared of every germ and every virus and every bacteria that comes our way because we know that our immune system was built to get stronger and train and annihilate the enemy. I'm using these examples. If you hadn't listened to the first part, you're going to want to go back. Just so you guys know, we're podcasted on iTunes. You can find us by searching Align Your Health on iTunes, um, and you can find our archived podcast there. If you missed the first segment of the show, you can go back and listen to it. Also, you can get in touch with us. Um, our website for uh, Align uh, Health Center is www.alignhealthcenter.com. Uh, you can reach out to us and, and uh, email us and, and fill out new patient paperwork there. Another thing is Ashley mentioned before uh, in, the, in the segment that we open up appointment times for people um, specifically who listen to our show. So mention 55KRC. There's a great discounted rate. It's under 100 bucks for our first visit, which is um, just an amazing value. And we'd love to help you with any problems. And so you're listening right now and thinking, man, you know, my kids have had chronic ear infections or my immune system. You know, I have sinus uh, infections every year. And uh, I've been dealing with this for years now, and I'm sick and tired of it. You have that summer cold we talked about, scientifically proven that men have worse colds than women. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know about that. Just, just ask the women who, who have to cater to them and help them out. They'll tell you. Um, but all joking aside, one of the biggest questions that we get uh, has to do with fevers. So as a mom, um, as a mother, and as someone who knows this, tell me, what, what's, what's, what's the big hoopla, what's the big worry, what's the big concern about a fever? Because obviously, you know, my mindset on it's a little different. So put yourself in the mom's shoes. And, you know, we, we get this, we get this question a lot, but what do you, what do you do when your kid has a fever? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's incredibly difficult as a parent to watch your child, um, be sick or suffer. I mean, you know, I don't think any of us um, have children so that we can see them suffer. I don't know. Nobody enjoys it. Everyone hates it. Um, It's definitely one of the 
uh, most frequent questions specifically from new moms um, that we get. And there needs, there's a lot of encouragement and there's a lot of education that goes along with this. And so um, I think personally for me, when it comes to uh, addressing the fevers and the things in within childhood illnesses, one of the most reassuring things that I ever learned was being able to look at it from a very from in the long game, right? Not just you know I obviously I don't want my kid to suffer ever, but to know that that if right now my kid is going to suffer through a fever or something, um, working towards you know and obviously like we're 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 doing things proactively to strengthen the immune system um, while we're working through that, but it it also in the long run it's working towards something, and what that is is building that muscle of immunity. Yeah. So I think what you're referring to is in the Journal of Cancer Research and Clinical Oncology, it was discovered that those who had a a history with more colds, more flu um, symptoms, had less breast, colon, rectal, stomach, and ovarian cancer later on in life. So the more times they had colds and fought them off, naturally was the key. The more times that they had flus, you know, the flu bug and fought it off, that the, the greater the history of those, the less their um, prevalence of breast, colon, rectal, stomach, and ovarian cancer. So what that means is when we let our kids have a, now we call it getting sick. It's not getting sick. It's when we allow our kids to express healing naturally, when we allow our kids to have a healthy immune response, when we as adults have a healthy immune response and don't interfere with antibiotics and uh, Theraflu and all this other crap, and we let our body just do what it knows how to do, as uncomfortable as it might be, that because of the way it's designed, it actually develops a stronger functioning immune system, and it beats breast cancer, colon cancer, rectal cancer, stomach cancer, ovarian cancer before they ever develop because you've trained that immune system. There was another study, subjects reported a higher history of colds and flus and other infectious diseases had a 30% reduction in the risk of brain tumors. That's incredible. It and is you know incredible. what, if, if you're a pediatrician and you're listening right now um, and you live in the Cincinnati area and this is striking a chord with you, call us. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's build some incredibly healthy kids together. Yeah. We actually had a couple MDs the other day that reached out and said that they realize where the trend's going in the, um, holistic environment and that they're willing to do anything they can to be open and try other things. And what they mean is, is, you know, developing, um, a sense of empathy for the patient and the patient's desires and not just going with standard, uh, you know, cookie cutter, throw this antibiotic at it. And they're, they're willing to learn some things to try to help the patients navigate their health. So it's really cool. We're actually now having medical doctors reach out to us and ask us how we can help them help their patients be and stay healthy so that they don't need to move them in direction. Because most parents don't, and most people don't want to be on tons of medication. So um, I think it's interesting. So fever, right? So the big fear is that like, my kid's really uncomfortable and they're crying and and I don't want to see them suffer and they're they're sick. And so first of all, it's important, number one, recognize they're not sick. They're having a healthy immune response. Number two, make sure they're getting adjusted. Why? Because the nervous system is regulating that immune response and you want it to be able to do it well. So if that fever is up for a reason, you want the fever to stay up as long as it's supposed to stay up and then go down when it's time to go down. Because the fever's job is to raise the temperature in order to kill viruses and bacteria and other foreign antigens. 
So think about the last time you had a fever, even though you were uncomfortable and, and maybe it's just me, but I don't think this is the case. I've had fevers throughout my whole life because I've, we've never used medication for this stuff. No fever reducers or any that. But when I had a fever every single time when I was young, I was just tired. I was just right. lethargic. My body temperature was high. In worst case scenarios, it was hot, then cold, then hot and cold. And I watched too many episodes of The Growing Pains or... Um, <laughs> or Alf. I, yeah, Alf when I was a kid. <laughs> You're a kitty, kitty, kitty. That's um, right. <laughs> That's funny. That's a throwback. Right. Um, yeah, that crazy Malmackian. No, but I, I watched too much uh, TV maybe. I slept a lot. I had my favorite blanket or pillow or whatever it was. Maybe got a popsicle um, that my mom would make, like a smoothie popsicle. But yes. honestly, I wasn't that... Like it wasn't that horrible, even in the worst cases, like the chills part, I remember, but it really wasn't that bad. In fact, uh, there's something called lethargy that comes with a fever. That means you get tired. There's another thing called malaise, like just a general kind of blah feeling. And those are, those are really, those are like gifts that come with it because they just make you want to lay around and not do anything and, and do nothing but rest and, and just, you know, sleep and be tired. And so what happens is uh, when you have a fever, the fever is actually raising the body's temperature to try to kill either bacteria or viruses. So it's really important to understand at what temperatures certain things are killed. So this is clinically proven that your body temperature has to, has to get to a certain temperature because bacteria cannot live past certain temperatures and neither can viruses. So go through those. What are the what are the temperatures that bacteria cannot live past? Right. So at 102 degrees, bacteria are killed. Okay. So if your fever is going up, and I'll tell you this, at 102, if you have a fever that's just a constant 102 or 103 degrees and it's just staying there for a long period of time, that's probably bacterial just because of the way bacteria are and how quickly they multiply, that your body is going to sustain it for a long period of time, sometimes a day or two at 102 degrees, because the way the bacteria multiply, it has to keep it high for a period of time. To kill them. Okay. Right. Vac viruses are different. What yep. temperature are viruses? 103 degrees are where viruses are killed. So it has to get to 103, which means it usually will go up to even higher than that, sometimes 104, 105. Sure. Viruses are different. They're very short-lived. They're killed very easily. So this is the fever that will... Go up, spike up, go down, go up, go down, go up, go down. Right. And people are like, oh, you had a fever of 105. Well, now it's, and they come into my office all freaking out. And they're like, well, now it's down to 98 or 99, 100. Right. But it was at 105 and that goes back up to 105, whatever. Right. Now I'll tell you that when we see, when we see this, um, so, so it's inner, it's important to understand at 102 degrees, your body is producing um, certain chemicals, interleukin and some other chemicals that kill bacteria. At 103 degrees, your body's making something called interferon. Interferon is actually a drug that for autoimmune, you know, not autoimmune patients, but cancer patients, they charge tens of thousands of dollars for this drug. And your body makes it naturally at 103 degrees. Um, it's an antiviral drug. This is a drug that they put HIV patients on and patients who have serious uh, virus issues. And so this drug is priceless and you can produce it if your body temperature is up above 103 degrees. 
This is one of the reasons in our house we actually have an infrared sauna because when we're not feeling well, we actually purposely induce a slightly higher temperature. They do this in in uh, Sweden and Switzerland and all these other countries over in Europe where they use bathhouses and saunas because they understand this principle of raising your body's temperature. So if, you're, if your kid is having a fever and it's sustained above 103, 104, it gets 105, this is where people start worrying and it's there for a long period of time. The number one absolute thing you can do isn't to reduce the fever via a drug. That's actually the most dangerous thing you could do. The number one thing you could do is make sure your kid gets adjusted removes the interference from a chiropractic adjustment so that their body can regulate that temperature properly because there may be a subluxation that's keeping it from regulating the temperature. Right. It may have gotten up to 103, but it's not allowing itself to come back down when it's necessary. The worst thing you could do is give a fever reducer because what that does is it chemically starts lowering this fever that the body is trying to raise. So what is the body going to naturally want to do? It does exactly what it's supposed to do. It keeps pushing that fever back up. Yep. But the fever reducer is working. So it's keeping it down, but the body's working to push it up. So now the drug starts to wear off. What happens to the fever? It, It spikes horrendously. And goes up to 105 and higher. And what happens is you create brain damage. And this is what people are worried about. Well, if a fever gets too high, fevers don't get too high. doesn't happen. It only happens in two scenarios, closed head injuries. And when somebody has used a fever reducer in a fever that's not being regulated because the person is subluxated and, and they haven't been adjusted. And so those are the two scenarios where that happens. Promise you that your body has a thermoregulatory center in the brainstem, in the dorsal mediolateral nuclei of the brainstem. And it, its sole purpose is making sure your body temperature never goes above 105 degrees and regulating body temperature. So what happens is every one of you that's listening, I guarantee you've had this. If you've ever broken into a cold sweat, your body temperature hit 105. Yep. Because that's what it does is that thermoregulatory center activates a part of your body in your uh, parasympathetic nervous system and starts releasing tons of sweat through your pores. So the, 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 really the biggest risk of running a long-term fever is just staying hydrated. Yep. Staying hydrated. Just staying hydrated. And I know that can be a little challenging when, um, especially if you're throwing up along with it, but just, that's why, you know, sucking on some ice cubes, staying hydrated, getting adjusted, staying hydrated, not feeding the body any sugar. Yep. Maybe taking a tepid bath. Do not take a cold bath. Don't take too hot of a bath. Just take a tepid bath just to help the body kind of regulate some of that temperature. But the biggest thing is that we're just paying attention to the principles. So if this is new to you and you're interested in learning more, check us out at Align Your Health, um, sorry, at alignhealthcenter.com. Call us at 513-755-3583. Listen to our podcasts on iTunes. Keep uh, educating yourself. But this is Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. This is Ashley Berlin on Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. And today we're talking about building your immune system. And so we've gone over the, the mindset behind it. We've gone over some key principles when it comes to your immune system. And one thing that we really want to hit right now is if there's such a thing as immunity, then what is all this talk about autoimmune issues? Yeah. It's a great question. I'm going to tell a story. I want to, I want to, I, I missed one thing earlier. I want to just mention it, go back to it real quick. Yeah, of course. Um, if you think I'm nuts about this whole fever thing, <laughs> then I just want to share something with you. 
This is from John Hopkins School of Medicine. This is Dr. William Greenrow, um, Greeno. Sorry, he's a professor of medicine there at John Hopkins, um, and he said, "This is a quote: Fevers actually fight viruses and bacteria. If a fever is over 104, diseases are shortened by letting the fever run its course. Sniffles, sneezes, and fever are good for you. They clear the airways of harmful irritants and allergy-causing substances." Coughing rids the body of bacteria and viruses by way of the lungs. If you take fever-reducing drugs or cough suppressants, this can add to pneumonia or more serious respiratory infection. And it's just really important to know that a lot of the drugs that are being used out there are dangerous. They're more dangerous than the fever. Tamara, uh, uh, I, th- I don't know, even know how you say her last name. I think it's Quitenin. She's the director of medical education at the Department of Emergency Medicine at Lenox Hill Hospital in New York City. She said these medicines, like the cough suppressants and Mucinex and all these, sure. she said these medicines do more harm than good. The ingredients in children's cough and cold medications do not help. They are not effective, especially decongestions. That's part because the children's anatomy is different than adult anatomy, and so the risk margin on these is high. In fact, according to the American Academy of Pediatrics, over-the-counter cough and cold medications should not be given to infants or children younger than two, who are they almost always used on? Oh, infants and children younger than two. Get this. Why? In quotes, because of the risk of life-threatening side effects. The American uh, Academy of Pediatrics also points to the fact that several studies show that cough and cold products don't work in children younger than six and can have potentially serious side effects. So we got to be really, 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 really careful. When we don't fight off these things naturally at a young age, not only is the treatments that we're using life-threatening in in a lot of cases, this is how a kid ends up with a cold and the parent uses an over-the-counter medication. Next thing you know, the kid's in the hospital fighting for their life, and they think they're fighting for their life from the, the, the virus or bacteria. They're actually fighting for their life from the interference that was caused by the medication, the over-the-counter medication. So many of these have been pulled off the shelves, you know, actually. It's just um, they're scary and that they're even available. That, that they're easily. available. And, and who wants to use their kid as the guinea pig for the pharmaceutical the, the industry? Is they, the pharmaceutical industry has us all using our kids as exactly. the guinea pig. And what happens is they pull it off the shelf when it, when it kills too many kids, right? And, and, here, and here's the truth is that, is that we've been lied to. Yeah. But that stuff is not effective. Yeah. We have absolutely been lied to. Not effective for doing what we really wanted to do, which is get us back to being healthy. Get us back to being healthy. And if you don't want to be a part of the system, then don't be a part so, of it. So what happens is when you have subluxation in your nervous system and when you've used these medications for too long, then you start developing erratic immune responses and you your body starts behaving very unnaturally and very um, uncoordinated because we've created all this chemical interference and we've created all this... Um, uh, uh, physical interference with subluxation. Um, if you want to go back, listen to our, our episode one of our podcast, and you'll really understand the nervous system very well um, and what we're talking about. But when this happens, then I have patients coming in and they come in um, saying that they have an autoimmune disorder. And that autoimmune disorder is um, something like lupus or MS or um, some sort of condition where their their body's own immune system is behaving very erratically, and it's not um, it's not fighting the virus or the bacteria. It's actually starting to turn itself on their body, 
And so our our first conversation we have in this scenario is to go back to the mindset thing, Ashley, to go back to the mindset to get them to understand they don't have an autoimmune disease. Right, right. In fact, my first conversation with them is to tell them that I don't even like the word autoimmune disease and I don't even believe in the term. Sure. Yep. I yep. think it's stupid. I think it's <laughs> I do. I believe yeah. it's stupid. I believe yeah. I believe it sets the patient up for um, no success in their health. And I think it actually is one of the most detrimental things you do is tell someone they have an autoimmune disease because now they think they have a situation that they their immune system's attacking them and now they're the they're the victim. And so they gotta Absolutely. either crawl in a shell and hide be- till they die, yep. or they have to start attacking their own immune system because they've been told that's what's attacking them. Yep. So then they have to attack their own immune system with immune suppressing drugs. Think about that. It's like, completely illogical. It doesn't even make sense. If you're a sense. healthy individual, yeah. would you want to suppress your immune system? No. So if you're an unhealthy individual, why the uh, heck would you want to... <laughs> Uh, suppress your immune system. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It literally, like, if if there's something that's going, like, when you break it down and if you can't explain it in a way that it makes sense, like, it does not make sense. It doesn't sense. make any sense. So what? here's what I tell them. You have an immune system. Yes. It's not functioning properly. Yes. It's being very behaving very erratically. Yes. We have to figure out why. Step number one, what controls your immune system? Your nervous system. How healthy is that system? If my immune system isn't functioning, I can tell you right now that my my nervous system is not healthy and it's not functioning. Once your nervous system's functioning well, what helps strengthen your immune system? Putting the right food in your body. Right. How healthy is that? So the first thing we look at is subluxation within the nervous system. The second thing is changing their nutrition. Sure. And yep. this is all after we've changed, help them address their mindset issue around the problem. So I'm going to tell you a story. This is about a patient of mine. She came in with lupus. She is quickly progressing in her lupus. It's getting worse and worse. And um, the doctors told her she has to be on immunosuppressant drugs, et cetera. So um, we have that conversation. There is no such thing as an autoimmune disease. Lupus is a poorly functioning, erratically functioning immune system. We show her, guess we find out her neck uh, curvature is going 140% in the wrong direction. Wow. The research says this shuts down the immune system. That people with this curve on average, this is out of spine orthopedic surgery journal, spine, it takes on average 15 years off of somebody's life to have that curvature. Why? Because it's destroying their health. We start restoring the neck curvature. We start getting her changing her nutrition. Next thing you know, her doctors tell her she has no evidence of disease. She's had lupus for 10, 15 years. Wow. Her life was miserable. Every pregnancy was horrible. Her body went through just uh, just years of feeling miserable, and now she gets pregnant again after this, has an amazing pregnancy, feels healthy. Um, she's just a wonderful patient. I still take care of her family. And uh, from autoimmune disease, you know, death sentence of life and misery to living vitality and feeling amazing, the first step was you don't have an immune, you don't have an autoimmune disease. You have a problem with your immune system. You have a problem with what controls it. Let's get that system healthy. Number two, let's get your body eat, feeding off of the right things. And and it's a great example of someone who didn't buy what someone was selling them in terms of like, this is your death sentence and this is what you have to do. It's somebody who was a true consumer of healthcare in that 
they heard something and they said that doesn't make sense to me and I'm gonna go find something that does make sense and she did it and she walked into your office and everything changed and now life is good. So it's not just autoimmune disorders, it's also like cancer. We have taken the wrong approach even with things as serious as cancer. If we're talking about the immune system, we have to talk about cancer. Have to. Absolutely. Because that's like the number one fear. Like everyone, like like the C word, it's so dangerous, right? Like you can say that in a room of people and you can see people literally shudder when you say that word because someone they know went through this horrible death from cancer. So it's important to understand that the same principle is true when you have cancer. Like our treatments, the cut, poison, burn, you know, like, sure. Can you cut out cancer? Yeah, absolutely. But if you don't address why it was there in the first place, guess what'll happen? It'll come back. It'll grow back. I mean, my you mom know, had you it can, twice. You can use yep. the you can use the the poison approach. Like you could throw a grenade in a room full of rats and kill the rats, but you're going to destroy the entire room too. Yeah. And a that's house your, on fire. Yeah, if that's your body. Yep. yep. Right. Then you're going to try to kill the the cancer, but you're going to destroy your body in the process by poisoning and burning it. So here's it's an important thing to understand this principle. And, and, and yeah, I just want you shared this so well. So explain what you were talking about earlier. We we're talking about cancer. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, at any given time, everyone has within them between 100 and 10,000 cancer cells. I mean, I was talking about this with a gentleman and his wife last night at dinner. And under normal conditions, when the immune system is strong, you guys hear that when the immune system is strong, these cells are destroyed. Thus, it's, that means it's critical that the immune system be maintained in its top condition. So we can't talk about immune health without talking about cancer. I mean, we, we literally, like, we would do a disservice to you if we didn't. And that, so, was, that was a quote, if I'm not mistaken, that was Michael Green, Green, uh, Greeno from uh, Northwestern University of Medical School. That's where one of our friends actually went um, to find out that he had brain cancer and uh, was, you know, was able to beat his brain cancer. Yes. And, and so, yeah. And so what the, Dr. The, Michael said is if the immune system weakens too much, he said, he said all that before. And, it, and he also said, if the immune system weakens too much, that's when cancer can establish itself. So, so essentially so, it's taking root in your body at that point. Yeah, it's, it's moving in. It's moving in. It's moving in. It's like that roommate that nobody wants. Exactly. Um, so here, here's the thing is that if you're going through a cancer battle, you have to focus on getting your immune system strong. Your nervous system is key. It's critical in doing that. You have to look at cancer, and this is going to sound, this might be hard to swallow, but you have to look at cancer cells, individual cells, because everyone has between 100 and 10,000 at any given point in time. You have to look at cancer cells in the body as one of the gifts God gave us to always keep our immune system fighting something. Going yes. back to the army example, yes. we have to have an enemy or else we just get lazy, right? Our, our soldiers sit back and get lazy. So we have to have an enemy to always be fighting in order to keep them trained and, and ready to go. So cancer is that. It's actually a gift. In, 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 I read this in a book called The Emperor of All Mal- um, Mal- um, Maladies. Is that how you yeah, say it? The Emperor yeah. of Maladies? Yep, yep. Where he talks about your immune system cancer is one of the best things for our bodies to keep our immune systems primed. It's never meant to get out of control. It gets out of control when we weaken our immune systems through poor lifestyle and poor nutrition and subluxation and all these, all these other things that we do to destroy our body. And and I'm one of those people. So my mom has a breast cancer twice. So I am one of these people that if I was wrapped up in the medical system, they would be telling me, you know, what, whatever it is, I need to have a, a, uh, 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 
you know, an elective surgery, uh, surgery, and go have a prophylactic, a pro- uh, yep, yep. moving, removing your, your breast because right. it just doesn't make sense. Right. You know, it does make sense. Let's break this into practical steps. We got to wrap it up. But number one, changing your mindset, developing a cause-based mindset. Number yep. two, focusing on your nervous system. Number three, your nutrition, what you're eating, cutting out that sugar, cutting out the processed food, fixing the gut problems, focusing on nutrition. Yeah. Being on some of the right supplements and exercising. So if you guys are interested in that, check us out. Where can they find us on the web, Ash? Yeah, we're at alignhealthcenter.com. What was that new patient offer again? If anybody's interested, we have like five appointments yep, open up this we, week. We opened up five appointments this week. We're one of the busiest busiest health centers in the Midwest. And so we open up five of those appointments. Um, you can call us at 513-755-3583. Um, usually that uh, that process is is over a couple, over $300. And um, we have a new patient offer on 55KRC for $9750. So it's under $100 um, to get that new patient exam, x-rays, and the whole deal. All right, please check out the podcast. Click like, share it with your friends and family on Facebook. And we will talk to you guys next week. This is Dr. Ryan and Ashley on Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station.